0: In this episode of Coach's Corner Chats, I talk with Andrew Green, assistant coach at Albion University and a club coach with National Soccer Club up in Michigan. Great, great story of his coaching journey that took him from Florida to North Carolina and now has him in Michigan. Great insight on college coaching, the transition from high school to college and just a lot of great tidbits on coaching in general. I think you know, I know you'll like this one. Thanks for listening. Hey, this is Karen. Coaches Corner Chats podcast. I'm excited today. I've got Andrew Green on with me today. Andrew, give us a little idea of what you're up to, where you're at and all those good things.
1: Uh, Yeah, hey man, thanks for having me on. Um, So currently, I am the assistant men's soccer coach at Albion College, um, small division three school, about 45 minutes south of Lansing in Michigan. Um, I also work for National Soccer Club, which is a pretty big club in uh, Michigan. I work for the Lansing branch as well. Um, There's about, I want to say about eight to nine branches of Lansing and or of nationals in the Michigan area. Um, So yeah, that, that's, that's where I'm at now (laughs) Um, with everything going on, not a whole lot to, uh, to do in my college role. You know, it's a lot of recruiting right now, just because we had our fall canceled um, and we're going to pick up our season in the spring, which, I mean, we're still hammering out the details of a training schedule and we have our game schedule set, but, when now every single sport in a college is going on at once, uh, trying to find training space and training time is gonna be a little difficult.
0: Yeah, right <laughs> on, right on. So what did you guys do during the fall to kind of keep, keep guys in the mix and, and at least maybe even your brain going?
1: Yeah, so we were able to train, um, I would say about four to five times a week the way we scheduled it. Um, so all of our guys stayed on campus um they they had the option to either go virtual or come to school and go to say classes and do everything in person um so we trained uh about four times a week we scheduled um a few inter squad scrimmages during there we did one where we actually you know hired referees you know made it as official as possible so that the guys felt like they were getting something out of the nice. out of the fall but um you know for once in the college world um I felt like we were actually able to have almost like a true preseason. You know, when you're in the college game, you're kind of, you know, guys report, you have a week to 10 days to train, and then you're into your first set of games. So we were actually able to, you know, introduce our freshmen a little at a a slower pace almost because, you know, we didn't have games that we were rushing for. Yeah. Um, You know, it was a lot of development for our guys. And I felt like this spring was probably, or this fall, was probably some of the most growth that I've seen out of a team that I've been involved with. Um, just because like I said, nothing was wrong. Um, everything was kind of planned to, you know, to tailor them and what their individual needs were and what we need to do as a team. Um, so yeah, you know, for me, it was great. Um, you know, just because in the fall, I think my fiance knows that, uh, I'm home maybe for two hours a day. <laughs> right on. um, yeah. So, um, it was great. You know, we had our normal office time. We still went recruiting to high school games during this, during this fall when we were allowed to, um, in Michigan, there was a bit of a, a pause at the beginning, I would say yeah. before they started high school games about three weeks after what the normal schedule would be. Um, so yeah, for me, I, you know, I got to do a lot of, you know, reflecting on my sessions, you know, from, I, I coach our goalkeepers a lot. And then I integrate with the team as well. Um, So for me, you know, I was able to draw up my session, you know, then actually have time during the day to reflect on it and be like, okay, this worked, this didn't work. Maybe the next time we go, we change this. Um, So for me personally, it was great from a coaching standpoint. Didn't enjoy the lack of games from a competitive standpoint. And just the kind of person that that I am, and I think that our guys are. Um, so, yeah, that, you know, I, we, we, we did the best of what we had, is really all I could say, and I think it ended up benefiting us quite a bit.
0: That's an interesting take. I like the idea. Of, it sounds like you guys were able to reflect on the players, kind of trying to mesh the, the new guys in the mix. Um, so it yeah. gave you some time to kind of mess around, like you are talking about with your sessions, like maybe I tweak my session next time and put so-and-so with a different group or, um, and what have you, what is, how does that different than what your like, what your normal spring, do you get that same opportunity in normal spring? You know, So in a normal spring,
1: yeah. So a normal spring from a division three standpoint, um, you know, we're allotted, um, I think it's about 15 practices and one day of competition is the way it's worded. So, And normally that would pick up for us from a team standpoint, like right after spring break. And we, you know, try and stretch those 15 practices into until they, um, until they go home for summer. Um, So we'd only be going, you know, twice a week, Um, you know, a normal fall, it's going every single day. Yeah. Um, Which, you know, this year with the way that, um, the way that COVID has kind of struck the college game, you know, I think the guys are going to benefit. I mean, benefit in a way that, you know, we're kind of going almost like year round now, you know, you had a, a full fall without games, and then we're going to go into a spring where there's going to be 10 games. Yep. And, you know, we're probably going to pick up our training, you know, mid, um, probably mid-February if we start in March, just so we're able to integrate them, you know, but with Michigan weather, you never know. Yeah, right. On. <laughs> um, you never know what you're going to get. So, Um, but yeah, it's definitely different. You know, in our traditional spring, it's a little bit more slowed down. It's a little bit more individually tailored. Um, you know, when we're working with different, uh, position groups, which, you know, what are we looking at from a individual standpoint? You know, if you're a forward, are you looking to, are we looking at the mechanics of how you're hitting the ball? Because we can slow it down a little bit. Mm -hmm. There's no pressure. You know, we're not preparing for a game in 24 hours. Um, so that, you know, that's normally the, the differences. Um, and then, you know, from a coaching standpoint, you know, we're doing a whole lot more recruiting in the spring. So um, just because, you know, a lot of the club stuff's going on, um, you know, different tournaments, different games. Um, so this spring's definitely going to be a challenge from a coaching standpoint, uh, trying to balance both of those things.
0: Yeah, that's going to be
1: kind of wild
0: because you got to get out to club, I guess, club games more than because there's no high school options at this point.
1: Right. Yeah. So, um, you know, I felt like in the fall this year, it was great because we also weren't rushed when it came to a recruiting standpoint. Um, I feel like in the fall, normally, you know, with everything going on, you know, you're training, you're prepping for a game. Um, you want to get out and recruit high school games at night. You kind of feel like you're going, 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 It's kind of a never ending cycle for about three, four months. Mm -hmm. Um, but this year, you know, we were able to slow it down, you know, recruiting was done at a different pace which meant that we were able to get out to a lot more games than we anticipated which was you know great for us and the student athletes that we're looking at Um, and it also you know gave us an opportunity to go to some high schools that we normally wouldn't be able to go to in a normal fall you know if we wanted to go to a smaller high school and recruit um, from that level you know normally we're looking at um, Matchup games, you know, to kind of maximize our time and seeing two teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, this year, with everything that's going on, we're, we were able to get out to some of the smaller high schools, um, some of the, I would say, the less recruited areas, um, which has been very beneficial for us in the short term of our recruiting. Um, so, yeah. You find
0: yourself a diamond in the rough. There's always a kid out there that gets overlooked because he is, like you said, maybe at a small school or or what have you. Right. That's crazy though, to think at the college level that your off season only allows 15 training days.
1: Yeah. So for the division three level, the division three level, that's normally how it goes. Um, Division one, division two, they are going um, four to five days a week from January to uh, April. I think NAIA is the same way. I know from the division three standpoint, um, you know, because they're mostly focused on the academic side of students because we cannot offer, um, athletic aid. Yeah. So everything is tailored academically. Um, which is great, you know, for some point, um, for our guys, you know, they get, um, about a two month period with our strength conditioning coach. So they get a different face than myself and our head coach. <laughs> um, so a little, little different person yelling at them. Um, but I, I think, I you know, everywhere that I've been at the division three level, um, it's been pretty beneficial and I play division three too. So, um, it's something that I've just been used to.
0: Are you a, are you a Michiganian? Are you from Michigan?
1: So I'm actually not. Um, I grew up in South Florida actually. Yeah. That's South crazy. As it sounds. Wow.
0: Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. So I grew up in, uh, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, um, for most of my for almost yeah all my life pretty much um, grew up played club played high school um, when it came to college um, I went to a junior college for a year in Florida um, just felt it was the best path for me and I actually uh, transferred to a school up here in Michigan Olivet College where I played for uh, three years so um, since then my coaching journey has kind of Bounced me around to a couple places, but I've always landed back in Michigan. Um, I met my fiance where we went to college together, so kind of laid the roots down here. Now I guess I do. It's it's nice to go visit Florida. I'll tell you that we were oh, just, I bet. you know, we I were bet. able to visit. I appreciate it a lot more now. <laughs> <tell you>
0: <laughs> um, so you were talking about nationals. It sounds like a large a large select club, like a, a very Um, and I've heard of it. I know we have, uh, coach just went up there from Cincinnati. David Robertson, uh, is up there and he's constantly posting stuff. What's that, what's been, what's your experience in that realm of, 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 I guess I would say almost like high level club soccer.
1: Yeah. So, um, at first it was different. This was my first, um, experience really, truly into like club soccer and coaching, Um, when I was in Florida for a little bit in junior college, I was coaching a little bit, but it was at a very, very small, um, select club. Um, I mean, we're talking maybe 60, 70 kids throughout the whole club. Okay. Um, so it was very small. Um, and then when I came up here and jumped into coaching, originally, I was just going to go into college coaching and then, um, I wanted to expand it a little bit and go into club and, you know, deal with that age group as well. Um, and when I came up with nationals, it's definitely been um, a transition, but everything that I've dealt with has been pretty good. Um, someone like David, who just came on, um, has spearheaded a lot of the programs that we have, whether, you know, with the lockdowns and everything with the, the Techni football app, um, all the different, um, we've had so many different programs that I can't even remember all of them but he does such a great job just doing that stuff. And when it comes to like the club in general, um, everything's been, you know, handled at like the top level. Um, and it's it's really great because the, the resources that we need to do what we want to do with our players, you know, the, the tournaments that we want to go to, um, everything has been kind of taken care of at that level because you're kind of dealing with the, I don't want to word it that way, but I guess the skill level that, you know, would be expected at a a higher end club. Mm -hmm. So, um, but yeah, every, everything, you know, we've had coaches where we can bounce off at different um, locations. Someone like David, who's in the Academy or the girls Academy side. Um, Then we have coaches on in a different area that are also coaching college and that coach the club as well. Um, So from a coach, standpoint and a growth it's definitely been good to just bounce ideas off and in our branch alone um, you know we have a, we're a pretty tight-knit group um, we bounce our sessions off each other we bounce different things of how you know how we're dealing with our teams um, especially through this period um, you know we all sit down and we'll go have a drink and dinner after our sessions and talk about things um, so it's it's definitely been good nationals has kind of been um one of the better experiences that I've had so far coaching. So, yeah.
0: That's awesome that you, um, it sounds like you're still, even though you're at where you're at, you're looking for that opportunity to continue to learn. And like, there's might be something I can pick up or like you said, I could come back to my staff and say, Hey, you know, we might want to look at adding this, whatever diagnostic yeah. tool in or analytical thing or something where we can diagram things um, and such. So what, are you, are you going to be coaching like a specific group?
1: So for me, I just took over. So I do a lot of, I do our, our branches goalkeeping. Um, I do it from the, I think whenever we start at the age group that it starts, um, which I normally pair them off into three groups, it'll be a a U10 and under um, a, a U11 to U13. And then I tailor U14 in high school up. So that's just three different. I don't want a, an 18-year-old and a 10-year-old going yeah, up one time. Right on. <laughs> um, <laughs> so um, I do all of our goalkeeping there. Um, and then I have two high school boys teams that I'll be um, coaching this spring. I have an 06 team, which is the the freshman in high school. And I have a couple of eighth graders sprinkled in there just because of the weird gap year that that yeah, right, age yeah. brings on. Yeah. And then I have our, our 2002 boys team, which is um, actually it's a mixture of 2002-2003. So it's our, our juniors and sophomores in high school um, who will be doing a lot of the, the showcase tournaments. And um, it's just an age group for me that I've been used to for most of my coaching career, whether it's the college or high school level. Um, eventually, I'd like to d- dive into a younger age group and just test myself a little bit. But we'll, we'll save that for another year. That's awesome
0: no um, yeah. so have you always dealt with, like, the, the boys' side? Have you ever so, had any experience um, with the girls?
1: So, yeah, when I got out of college, um, I was actually coaching high school, and I was coaching boys and girls at the time um, at Olivet High School, and then my first college job um, was at Western Carolina University, which is a Division One school in North Carolina um, with the women's program. Oh, okay, cool. Um, so... Yes. So the first two years of my coaching, I was there, um, doing the goalkeepers, um, doing, uh, helping with our recruiting, learning how to run our camps. Um, and then after that, um, I coached for a year at Western Michigan university on their women's side as well. Okay. Um, so I, I've done a, a bit of the girls' side for high school for a year. Um, and then I've done the, the college side, which was the more higher end college, the division one side, which was its own challenge in itself. Um, and, uh, yeah, that, that's, that's basically been my experience with the girls.
0: Is, is division three, um, maybe for you, like a better fit after going through like division one and seeing the you know demands and all that kind of stuff.
1: Um, I think from where I was starting my coaching career, going into a division one program, I thought, I think I was a little overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. Um, not only with the demand, but you know, it, it, it is like a full-time job when, and I didn't anticipate that going in because um, I was, I was on a part-time deal at Western Carolina, but you know, the planning that goes into everything, the recruiting, um, even when you're in your off season, uh, there really isn't any stopping. Um, and I think that when I wanted to eventually transition over to the men's side, um, I knew that division three was where I wanted to go just because where I was playing. Um, and I, I've, felt like I would relate a little better to our athletes that way through my college experience mm-hmm. um, because I mean I went to a school that had 1200 students in a very small town um, so I can relate to a lot of the smaller division three schools and you know the experience that they're going to get so when I'm recruiting athletes um, I'm not just blowing smoke up them um, I have a little bit of an idea of, of what they're going to experience yeah. and exactly. you know how it's going to go and yeah, just you know, it, it it is a better fit for me right now. Um, I do, I did like the women's game a lot. Um, you know, the girls that I worked with were absolutely fantastic at both universities, and the coaching staffs that I worked with there were great. Um, and just being able to pick their brains every day when I was there was something that has helped me like really transition to the men's side because, um, you know, the the men's and women's game there are their differences. Um, but, you know, the, the, the game is the game at the end of the day.
0: Yeah. Um, I, I just love the the fact that everywhere you've gone, like even if it wasn't, like like you said, you kind of were able to self-reflect and figure out, you know what, maybe I need to go somewhere else. But even from that, you t- it feels like you learned something from there. I'm sure you learned some Western Michigan, from the high school experience. Um, the other thing I was thinking about, so did you play keeper in high – like was that what you played as a youngster or – have you just become kind so, of fascinated with goalkeeping?
1: So, um, actually when I was really young, I played goalkeeper, but, um, uh, my coach actually transitioned me out to center back. Cause I was growing a little bigger than most people <laughs> at the time. Okay. And my, my feet were a little bit better. Um, <laughs> I should have probably stayed at goalkeeper cause my feet have, have gone, gone away since I've turned 30. Oh, <laughs> I'm about to turn 30. Um, but I, um, I played center back through college, um, through high school, college, and club. Um, when I was offered a chance to coach at Western Carolina, um, they said that they were looking for a goalkeeper coach, and I knew that I wanted to get into college coaching. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, the associate head coach who was there, um, he was a goalkeeper, but since there was um, only, you know, we have to spread our staff out, he was working with everyone at the time. He said, I'm going to take you under my wing. I'll help you out through all the goalkeeper stuff if this is something that you really want to do. And uh, I knew to kind of get my foot in the door that um, I needed to do it. And I've, I've yeah. kind of become fascinated with it since, you know, just because the, the way the goalkeeper sees the game, you know, you kind of see everything. And it's kind of helped expand my thinking with field players of, you know, now I'm looking at it from not just a center back's role, but I'm looking at it from a goalkeeper. I'm looking at it from a midfield position, Um, looking at it from a forward position. So um, that's probably one of the best things that's ever happened to me when it came to coaching. It kind of definitely expanded my way of uh, either planning a session or looking at a scouting report or, you know, coming up with a game plan was kind of just um, just looking at it from more than just one position.
0: That's really, that's uh, really cool. The idea of you know, you get so I, the one thing I think sometimes you've even said it, like I've done college and I've done like the high school age is cool now, but I like to try younger and like you've tried different things, even the opportunity to do goalkeeping was kind of like out of your comfort level. Um, but I think it's cool that you went into it cause you knew you're going to learn so much from it. So it looks like it's now helped you so that when you go on to uh, whatever the next thing is, which I was going to ask, is your, is there an ultimate like goal? Does Andrew say, Hey, I'd love to be, I want to be a head coach at a college level
1: or. I, I think that is the ultimate goal. Eventually. Um, you know, I've had a couple opportunities already um, that um, just wasn't the right timing. Um, uh, I, I just felt like at the time I wasn't ready to be a head coach. And if I'm going to step into something, I don't want to, you know, half it. Um, or kind of you know be thrown to the wolves. I think the next step for me is hopefully to be a college head coach and you know kind of take all the ideas and all the the different things that I've learned and kind of put it into my way of you know running a program and you know how I want to recruit and how I want to play and you know the culture that I want to build. Um, so hopefully that is the next step. Um, I've enjoyed every step of being an assistant. I think as an assistant coach you kind of get, um a little bit more you're a little bit more active on the training pitch which i like um you know i like to be a little bit more hands-on in training um i think as a from what i've seen from different coaches that i've either worked with or observed you know a a head coach is kind of like a ceo that oversees everything um and kind of lets the assistants you know put their ideas into motion it would be the best way to put it yeah um uh, yeah, I, I'm hoping that eventually, you know, the, the right the right place, the right school, and the right time, that, you know, that's the ultimate goal.
0: Do you see yourself as when you go to that head coaching spot, do you think you'll be a CEO type coach, or would you rather be a little bit more hands-on? Yeah. Um, I, I, I mean, it depends you know, on I, staffing and stuff like that. I,
1: I think, yeah, I think, I think I want to kind of be a little bit of both just because I've had, you know, coaches that will, as that CEO type, will kind of, you know, let me be hands on and let me grow and let me learn and do things like that. And, you know, mm-hmm. as having an assistant coach, you know, that's kind of what you're there for. Um, but, you know, also, you know, there are times where I want to be hands on. I think like one of the biggest things for me is, I'm pretty hands-on when it comes to recruiting, whether as a assistant coach or a head coach. I'm, that's one thing that I'm always going to be pretty, pretty hands-on with. I'm not going to just send someone to, you know, go look at players and bring me back a report. I kind of want to be almost in the trenches of that, so to say. Um, that's something that I thoroughly enjoy um, going and evaluating um, and, you know, watching soccer. Um, so I think as a, as the head coach, I, I definitely want to, um, you know, a little bit of both, I guess would be the best way to put it, um, you know, when it's time to be hands-on, maybe step in, but when it's not kind of let my assistants grow and, you know, experience their, how they want to do things. And if it's time for me to step in or correct them or, you know, give them advice, then that's, that's what we'll do.
0: It sounds like too, that you've lucked out, I don't want to say lucked out, but you've ended up on some quality coaching staffs that have given you opportunities to kind of like not necessarily fall on your face, but just kind of learn your way through it. And, and, and what have you, even at the yeah. nationals, you've um, like yeah. got a good network of coaches. I mean, there's, that's, I think something that I'm learning from doing these podcasts and what have you is that there's so many guys that want to help each other. Cause then, you know, eventually the end goal is we want quality soccer here in the U S so.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, my first job um, at Western Carolina, um, Well, actually my first coaching job when I was in high school, um, I actually, when I was the head coach, that was the first time I was kind of given head coaching role and I kind of was thrown into the wolves a little bit, but I I had a little bit of experience just from coming off college. I actually, you know, asked two of my roommates who were two of my teammates, Hey, do you want to coach with me? <laughs> um, you know? And, uh, I think we all kind of learned on the, on the spot there, but then when I kind of took the jump into, to, uh, college coaching, um, the guys that I worked with at Western Carolina, um, Chad Miller, Todd Herman, or, you know, two guys that, um, you know, they, they were willing to give me a chance, but they were also willing to like, say, Hey, you know, you're, you know, here's some advice, but you know what, if you're with the goalkeepers go, you know, run the session that you want, we'll watch from a distance. If there's advice that we need to give you, um, we'll give it to you. Um, If there's times where one of us needs to step in and, you know, do something, you know, don't take it personal. We're just trying to help you out and we're just trying to help the team out. And I think that's one of the biggest things. And, you know, when I went into my next position at Western uh, Michigan, when we took, um, it felt like a giant leap because um, the staff that I was working with there, um, Lauren, who was the head coach, is now at Notre Dame as an assistant. Um, Her level of thinking um, was just next level um I, I would I would think of something and you know she would you know think of something that kind of took it to the 10th degree which was great for me because I always had to kind of stay on my toes and you know how how was I thinking was I thinking to this degree um and it really helped me just expand the way that I was thinking of the game so then when I came to the men's side um at Olivet of, uh, of that college was able to coach in my alma mater for for two years um you know i was kind of able to then our coach there kind of gave the two assistants free reign um said hey this is this is how we want to play um i'm going to help drop sessions but there's going to be times where you guys are going to take about three quarters of the session huh. so you know and now where i'm at at albion um you know, my, my boss right now is kind of the same way. You know, he'll say, you know, you got the we'll set some time parameters like, hey, you're gonna have the goalkeepers for about half the session, then we're going to integrate them. And I want you to take a little bit more than just the goalkeepers and kind of integrate them into the back line or into how the midfield's going to play um, and just kind of have, you know, free reign with it. And then we'll reflect and discuss after the session. So, it's, uh, it's definitely been, you know, a little bit of, uh, thrown to the wolves and see what happens, but, you know, there's always that little safety net behind me to, to help me out.
0: That's kind of cool. Cause it's almost like a glorified coaching course, like, you know, where you get to do it and you're got an evaluator that's watching and then will give you inside, like, Hey, next time, maybe try this or try that, which I think's. invaluable to get that kind of stuff and even when you're talking to him like this is why I did it the way I did and like you talked about with the coach that's now at Notre Dame where she's like I love that idea maybe try and then she would add that next level too which is awesome yeah Um, Yeah, absolutely what what is a what does an assistant coach do during the game so what is your what's some of your responsibilities game game wise
1: um, so for me, um, it's it's been different everywhere that I've gone, but most recently, um I am I have a little bit of a different demeanor on the sideline. You won't really, you'll hardly ever see me uh yelling and screaming, at least for the first 15, 20 minutes while I'm evaluating the game. Maybe if the referee makes a bad call, then we'll we'll see what happens. But <laughs> um uh yeah, so for me, um during the game, I am I have my notebook out and I am taking tons of notes. I am always looking at you know the our opponent and what you know what their formation is, what their tendencies are. Um, does it match the scouting report that I came up with a day before this? Um, you know where can we expose them? And I'm kind of putting little tidbits in our coach in our head coach's ear of hey, you know um, our right winger can expose their left back. Let's try and push the ball to that side. Um, so for me, I'm always taking notes. I'm always evaluating the other team. And, uh, after that, I'm kind of looking at where we're going to expose them and kind of look at little, uh, tactical mindset, um, little tactical nuances of where we can, you know, expose the other team. Um, you know, when it comes to a little bit in-game coaching, I have a, a little bit of a say I'm, I'm more, you know, looking at, you know, little tiny shifts. I'm not going to make anything drastic. I'm not going to make a, a formation change in the middle of the game. Um, you know, it's kind of my – our head coach and I were kind of bouncing ideas off of each other. Um, so, yeah, I'm kind of – it's it's almost like a co-coach almost. Um, yeah. You know, the head coach always has the final say. Um, but, you know, I, I think that's one of the things that I, I enjoy as well about being an assistant is I'm able to look at the game through uh, – more of a tactical lens and, you know, not as, you know, not in that physical lens right away, like where a coach is kind of, a head coach is kind of looking at our, um, you know, what's our, what's our body language like, what's, you know, did we come out flat? Did we come out flying? Um, For me, I'm kind of focused on, you know, what's our opponent doing in the beginning? And then from there on, it's how are we adjusting and what can we expose?
0: So if I go watch you, um coach and your nationals group do you would you take a similar approach of being kind of chill for the first 10 minutes or so to kind of take it in or do you think it yeah a little bit
1: yeah i think i think a little bit um with my nationals group since i'm kind of overseeing a little bit more of that head coaching role um i think to a degree you know the first Five, ten minutes I'm normally looking at the the opponent and how we're set up and how they're set up and then from there um, I'm not the type of person that likes to joystick during games um, I don't like to I don't like to tell the players what to do or how to do it and keep talking to them I like to kind of give them free reign um, and you know if I can help them figure it out on the fly then we'll do that but I kind of want them to to sort it out a little bit between themselves um, just because, you know, that's, that's kind of the nature of our game. We This isn't basketball where we can call timeouts yeah. and make adjustments. Um, so I like to give them the free reign. This is, you know, their game. Um, I'm going to oversee it a little bit. I'm going to oversee if we need to make a tactical change. Um, I'm going to oversee it if we need to, you know, make a personnel change. But other than that, um, yeah, I like, I like to let um, the guys figure it out and let them um, kind of take ownership of how they're going to, go about the game.
0: Um, do you, is that something that you have to communicate to the players beforehand? Like, don't go into freak out mode. If I'm chilling for the first five minutes and let you play, I'm just, is that something you kind of say, Hey, that's, I'm going to sit back and watch, but like, you're the problem solvers. You're the ones playing. You're going to have to figure something out.
1: Yeah. I think that that's definitely something that I, I mentioned. Um, and the guys. Um, especially at the club level, we'll see with me, um, I'm a little bit more hands-on in training, um, because just for that reason, like when we get into the games, uh, I've given you the tools and training now, you know, now it's your guys' turn to kind of take that and put it into a game setting. Um, so, you know, they'll know from me, like, you know, first five, 10 minutes, I'm kind of sitting there evaluating and, you know, looking at different, um, tactical things and yeah, I'm going to be probably sitting in my chair for the first five, 10 minutes. Um, I won't be up pacing the sidelines until later on, but, uh, yeah, you know, it's just something that I like. I like to be a little bit more, um, hands-on in training, you know, if I can, if I can stop them in training and show them a different scenario, like, Hey, this is where you're going to see this in a game, you know, um, for instance, you know, right now with everything going on, um, uh, we've been doing a lot of zoom sessions and I've been trying to keep it to tactical sessions and I try to keep it to, you know, 15, 20 minutes. Cause Kids nowadays, they're on Zoom for eight hours a day with school. And yeah. I don't I don't need them to be on any longer. And I know they're not going to pay attention past, past 20, 25 minutes in, on a Zoom session. Um, so one of the biggest things that we've been looking at is um, where we can create overloads in the wide areas. So we put on different scenarios from different games. And I'll ask them different questions. OK, you know, the winger has cut in. What's the cue for that? OK, the cue for that is the outside back to go forward now you know, so where would we see this in a game? Okay, maybe in the final third, maybe in the middle third, um, hardly ever in our own defensive third. So that's just different ideas so that when they get into the game and they see these different movements, it's a cue for that. This is now time for, you know, that player to move. That's,
0: I love the idea of just like talking the game. The kids don't, I don't think they do it enough. You know, when they watch, they watch games, um, more now, hopefully, than they, what they used to. I think there's so many more games on TV and, and streaming and what have you. But you, they get so locked into skill moves or did you see the goal that was scored or the crazy save or the shot you know, over a wall and they miss some of the nuances. So I think it's really cool that you're bringing it, but without just saying, hey, here's what should happen. You're kind of oh, yeah. leading them with those questions.
1: Yeah. You know, like one of the things that I proposed to like my team yesterday was, um, you know, Hey, what, you know, they, they all know I'm a big Manchester United fan and, you know, it's finally paying off after the last five years. <laughs> um, but I told them, I was like, Hey, I'm going to watch the Liverpool game. Um, and I turned it on when I saw the lineup and I said, uh, what do you guys see that, you know, that I'm seeing, what's something similar in the lineup that you don't see one kid out of both of my teams noticed that Liverpool wasn't playing with any true center backs. I was like, you guys didn't realize that both of their holding mids are playing center backs? No, we don't. Well, we didn't know who the center backs were. Okay, well, we need to watch more soccer.
0: (laughs) Yeah, right on. I think that's cool too for them going forward because that's a skill, I'm sure, because with nationals being at a level, a lot of those kids have aspirations to go play at college. So the next thing you're teaching them now is like when – Albion goes and plays so and so in our in these ten games. Your guys need to know who the heck who the people are, what do they usually play, like you know because you don't know if someone got injured in training the day before you guys play and then they change their you know roster up a little bit or setting. you can't be the one doing, oh hey, did anybody notice that now like in that scenario, there's a different set of set center backs than what we were planning on seeing,
1: yeah. 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 That's, that's definitely one of the things that I see. Um, That's definitely one of the things that I see as a college coach. Um, It's honestly one of the first things I do because we, as uh, colleges exchange rosters at the beginning, it normally has their, their starting 11 circled. Um, So the first thing that I do is, you know, look at my scouting report and the starting 11 and kind of match numbers and see if it's the same, same exact 11 that I saw on video five days ago or whatever it is. Um, Cause I mean, at that point, then I've got to make an adjustment in the first five minutes and be like, okay, who's playing where, who do I need to communicate that to? Do I need to communicate to our target forward that um, number seven is now the center back instead of number five, or, you know, the, the one that we saw coming off the bench, number 12 is now starting at outside back. We saw that he was not very, he was not as athletic in video. So now we know that we need to attack that side. Um, so yeah, that's definitely something that I have started to pick up a little bit more um, in the college level, at least, you know, club, it's a little bit more different just because we're not exchanging rosters and yeah, right coaches are a little bit more secretive of what they want to do. And you know, <laughs> Even though we're all friends, we, we still want to win. Exactly.
0: And, you know, stuff. So what, what, if you were talking to your nationals group, what's the difference between like the club setting and then that transition to college? what, what things would you point out? Like, Hey, here's some things you're going to have to be
1: ready for. Um, from a play standpoint, um, the game is about twice as fast as what you're used to. At least, um, you're going up against guys who are now grown men, um, 18 to 22 years old. Um, so everything's going to be a little quicker. Um, you got to think a lot faster. You got to move your feet a lot better. Um, your touch has to be set up in the right direction. Um, whatever way you want to play. If I know that I'm going to play it to my left, um, I don't want to take a touch across my body with my right. I kind of want to simplify it a little bit and just know that, um, I don't have as much time as what I'm used to. Um, the college game in America is a lot more physical than people think. Um, you know, there's, you know, it's just different styles of play. And, you know, I can relate it to a lot of people I'll get into a little bit of healthy arguments with about this. You know, we look at, you know, go into England, you know, there's people that joke around that, you know, there's, there's Pep Guardiola that plays this pretty style of soccer. There's Jurgen Klopp that plays this high pressing rock and roll style of soccer. And then you have, you know, the, the Sam Allardyces that kind of play it extremely direct. Well, we do have that here in America, so it's not all that bad. Yeah. Um, you know, we have different styles of play and the same at the college level. You know, there's teams that are very direct and then there's teams in our conference that, you know, will try and keep the ball for 80% of the game. Um, so I, I think that's something that everyone has to get a little bit more used to. There's going to be games where um, things aren't going to be as pretty as you want it to be. Um, and it's just how you kind of adjust with that. Do you, you know, do you take more touches on the ball? Probably not. You probably probably keep things a little bit more simpler. Um, and then when it just comes to um, a personal standpoint, um, you got to love the game, um, especially in college. It's going to be a lot of your life. Um, you know, especially in the fall, it's going to be five to six days of your life. Um, if it's not something that you love, it's going to you, you're going to get burnt out pretty quick. Um, especially you know in the in the in the fall where you're you know going to class, going to practice um maybe at night you go get some sort of treatment on your on your legs yeah you're probably having about out of your day about 3 to 4 hours to yourself um so if you if you're not really in love with the game it's going to get old really quickly um and it's it's going it, to it's it's just going to be a pain honestly if you if you're not in love with it and you're not going to enjoy it um, so i mean it definitely it's definitely one of the best decisions I ever made was to go on and play college soccer. i, I made a great group of guys that, you know, two of my teammates will be in my wedding. Um, it's, you know, 2 I've met some of the best guys that I've ever been around. We had a lot of fun. Um, we won some games, you know, we had fun off the fields. Um, so it, it's definitely one of the best experiences that I have had, but if, if you don't love the game, you, it's, it's something that's probably not for everyone. Which is okay. Everyone can. Everyone has their own paths.
0: Yeah, I think it's awesome the the idea or things you were sharing about, like the love for the game, like it's it's pretty much a job in a way, um, in terms mm-hmm. of t- your time commitment and what have you. And I think that's where some kids, when you talk to them, they kind of just see all the stuff that's on ESPN and all this kind of plan, fl- and you see the game. And you're like, you don't understand all that's gone into that from like you said, like yeah. the treatments, like some guys are done, but then they have to go take an ice bath or get stuff taped or, um, yeah. and what have you. So there's always tons of little things in there. And then even like you were talking about with the coaching side, um, is, which I'm learning more as I get into the high school is that it it's, it's a non, it's nonstop. Like it's ongoing, even at Albion, I'm sure. Um, it's a, still a consistent, like even now it's changed, flipped completely around uh, yeah. with everything that's going on, um, with that. Here's uh, my other question. So fiance, loves soccer, <laughs> loves you coaching. Is she a big support? How does, how does that dynamic? Work um,
1: it's definitely, it's, it's been a, it's been a ride. I'll, t- I'll say that, um, she's definitely extremely supportive of me coaching, which is, um, extremely grateful for that because yeah, some wow. of the time that's spent away, um, from here I know like you know in this fall alone you know there was times where I'm heading out of the house at you know 5 a.m for a 6 30 training and I'm not getting home till 11 o'clock because I went to high school games later that night um, so she's definitely supportive um, she's learning to love soccer I'll say that way um, she's turned into a pretty big Manchester United fan oh um, yeah which is which has been great for me because if <laughs> she went to she went to Liverpool. I don't know if we'd still be together, but, uh, yeah, you know, um, so two years ago, we actually, we went to England for, um, for a week on a vacation, um, cause she actually loves like the Royal family and all that okay. stuff. So, um, I had been before I had two stipulations. I said, Hey, if we go, I just want two days to do two soccer things. You know, we're going for eight. You can have the other six. Um, So she actually, she actually was a trooper and went with me to a Premier League game. We went and saw Chelsea against Wolves, um, which was extremely. It was great because we sat in the supporters' end, and uh, she now realized how passionate and some of the things that were said out of people's mouths were pretty unreal. But yes, I bet they were very interesting. (laughs) And then (laughs) the other day, um, we took the train to Manchester and we went and toured Old Trafford, and I think she became a bigger Manchester United fan at that point than I was, which was pretty cool to see.
0: That's awesome. I love um, the idea of of almost like incorporating her into the whole experience. Like, look, come and see what my world's like. See what I love about this game of soccer. I'm not saying that you have to be diehard and understand all the coaching and stuff. But um, I think that's awesome because I've talked to some other coaches and they're in the same, like they constantly always talk about, their significant other is huge in, you know, just having that person to come back and just when you want to get away from the game uh, a little bit. Yeah. yeah, That's
1: definitely been something for us, you know, in the fall. And normally before the fall in a normal season, um, we'll set like a, like a weekend getaway or something like the week before it all starts just because I I know that we both know the time that's going to be spent in the next three or four months where, you know, we're going to see each other for maybe two hours a day, even though we live together. Um, so we normally do that, but yeah, she's been extremely supportive. She's, you know, if we, um, I, I, I think that if I'm ever a head coach, I think that she'll be like my players' moms at some point. She's always been like, yeah, you should have them over. I was like, no, I don't want to cook for them right now. I, them. <laughs> I see them enough. They we'll,
0: can go to the dining we'll
1: hall. We we'll see them enough. Yeah. We'll, we'll have that eventually. <laughs>
0: Uh that is so awesome. Uh Andrew, I have royally enjoyed this chat. It's been so cool (laughs) to kind of hear um from South Florida to Carolina to Michigan. And it sounds like um between your your college experience right now with Albion and then this nationals, it sounds like an awesome like springboard for you to hopefully I can't wait to keep up with you and uh see if that head coaching thing um makes fruition but it sounds like you have a you are smart about like where like i'm patient let me just see where my feet are and where let me just kind of figure things out and like you said if it's the right fit then we might you know we make the jump
1: yeah i i, I think i've just uh i've seen a lot of coaches you know kind of leave the game because it's not the right fit or you know leave a program within three years because it's not the right fit um i know for me that if i'm getting into a head coaching role like i want it to be long term i want it to be the right fit for not only me uh the school itself you know i know i'm a different kind of coach maybe um you know a lot of the college coaches you'll see the yelling and screaming and the pacing up and down the sidelines um i know there's a time and a place for that but i can't do it for 90 minutes without going home with a migraine um so and i i know it's a long year (laughs) so i don't want to do that two to three times a week um, but yeah you know I, I it's a coaching journey um, it's going to take you different places and that's something that I've learned only being in this about six years now um, yeah, so I've been to three states I've met a lot of fantastic people in the game um, so yeah it's a, it's a journey and we'll see where it takes it hopefully that head coaching job is sooner rather than later but the right fit is all that matters
0: Right on, right on. Hey, if people want hey, to follow follow along with you and Albion and your Nationals experience, how, how can they contact you and, and connect?
1: Yeah, so um, I'm always on Twitter, probably a little too much than, than I should be at times. Um, my handle is at Coach Greener. Uh, my nickname is college, was Greener from my last name. So just a coach on it now. Um, you can follow Albion, Um, we're on every single platform at Albion M soccer, um, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Um, we try and do a pretty good job with that and keep up to date with things. Um, yeah, nationals, um, we're on, on Twitter. Dave does a really good job of, uh, putting out really cool stuff and really good graphics and, you know, really promoting our, the kids and the club. Um, so, you know, Twitter, social media, Um, if anybody wants to reach out to me email um, agreen at albion.edu I always love like just like this I'll I'll sit and talk for hours with people about the game um, answer any questions anyone has about recruiting or the college process or you know any coaching things that I can help Um, still pretty pretty uh, new to this with only six seven years under my belt so far so um, but I'll help any way that I can because, you know, like you said, everyone's looking for a little bit of help and I'll I'll pay my dues back to the the coaching community and help anyone that I can because a lot of people have uh, stuck their neck out on the line for me and helped me along my journey. Right on.
0: I And yeah, so Andrew and I connected a little bit um, pretty recently on Twitter um, and some of the stuff that he has shared, like I always throw out questions or whatever, and Andrew throws some really great ideas in terms of, uh, some tactics we didn't get in any like tactical like the actual breakdown of games and stuff but just from his responses and stuff I can tell that he's got a, a like he was talking about earlier about his idea with the Notre Dame coach or assistant coach um, I, I'm the ideas that you've already shared I'm like dude is a smart soccer coach I can just tell just from Thank those couple replies and stuff and what have you so i um, super excited. Can't wait for people to see this thing. I'll wrap this thing up. Hey, this is Karen with coaches chats podcast, and I'm out.
1: Peace.